You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot... Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Hey, White Sox fans, it's Brett Ballantini, your very favorite fellow White Sox fan out there. And again, I'm hosting Southside Sox down on the farm. It's podcast number 10. And through just about all of them has been my partner on this podcast. It's Darren Black. He does all of our update stuff. Pretty much does it all. Let's face it. Let's just round him up and say he does it all. Because essentially, he does it all. He just took out an extra day this week. He's like, yeah, I got nothing to do Mondays. I'm, I'm going to write the <laughs> nightly Monday update now. Darren, thank you for taking a moment out of your busy minor league updating schedule to visit with us on the podcast yeah anytime on a monday <laughs> perfect all right let's hop right into it uh we've taken probably two three weeks now without really diving too hard into the system we talked about trade chips talked about the draft last time out let's get back into the system a little bit although we're gonna vary by the end we're gonna get back into some some nastiness with the draft uh let's start at the top let's talk charlotte uh tell me this darren is there anything that Ronaldo Lopez did aside from draw a $2.1 million salary this year that earned his trip back up to Chicago, apparently to be a relief pitcher for an undisclosed period of time? Short answer, no. <laughs> okay. He didn't do anything to deserve this. This is just where they are at. Um, where he just got done pitching on today, Monday. Uh, so he might even be back in Charlotte by the time you're listening to this. Uh, that's my guess, but I mean, they, they, there's not a ton of options in Charlotte that are decent, yeah. uh, right now. Anyway, um, it'll have to come from outside the system for another guy that slots in there for good. Yeah. And it, it doesn't maybe look good, but let's, you know, it is a joke. Okay. He's making the salary, but all right. He's on the 40 man. He is getting paid the money. So, yeah. you know, I mean, all right. <laughs> 
throw them out there for a couple of innings in one of these fake double headers. Um, uh, all right, well, let's just move on from Ronaldo because there's just not much to talk about when <laughs> it comes to Ronaldo Lopez, who I still believe has one of the best smiles in the major leagues. I really wanted the guy yeah. to succeed, but I don't think it's going to be with a White Sox cap or maybe any of those major league baseball, any of those 30 major league baseball caps. Well, let's talk a guy about a guy who, in almost comic sense, in almost Charlie Chaplin, like reacting a minute too late to getting sort of slapped in the face kind of comedy sense, uh, the slapstick that is Luis Gonzalez's uh, circumstance, he's gotten a number of chances as sort of the most able outfielder, true outfielder at Charlotte and even before that in, in Birmingham. He's always sort of been like one or you know, 1A on the list uh, as a defender, as a guy with speed, as a guy who theoretically can, can put the bat on the ball. He pretty much has never taken advantage of, of the very, very small uh, little – uh, auditions he's had with the White Sox. So it's not really fair to get too down on him, but it's as if now two or three chances, maybe too late, or maybe a chance or two too late. It's sort of like he's woke up, he's reacted in slapstick fashion to that slap. Mm-hmm. And now he has gone bananas in Charlotte at anything you can see that's, that's different about the guy other than maybe just, he finally heard the alarm clock. Uh, well, the the biggest difference right now, um, so he got called up late June, um, and actually he he didn't get a ton of playing time, but he just looked much better out there than previous times he was up. A um, couple doubles, those were his only two hits. Um, but he was keeping his eye on the ball really well. He's been walking a lot recently, like more than normal, and his strikeouts are still a bit high. Uh, for a guy that doesn't have much power and hasn't really shown bat-to-ball skills until this past month, um, which is concerning. But he's been doing really well for, say, three, four weeks. He's got 160 WRC plus in July, which is fantastic. Um, you can say that's Babbitt-related, but he's also, like, hitting the ball hard. Like, he has four homers over that time span. So it's not all because of just, like, little dribble singles or anything. Um, and obviously he's a great defender. He's just, he's, I don't know, like maybe he's the seventh outfielder in the depth chart right now. Um, still again, if, uh, Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez are not coming back tomorrow uh, to Chicago, at least. So he needs to come up in an emergency situation. It'll be him because Blake Rutherford has not taken that, uh, away from Luis Gonzalez, at least not yet. Um, but he's just, coming on too late because they decided to go with Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets, not outfielders. So he's yeah, you don't, fun. you don't want to push your parent club to be like, okay, let me pick like a catcher or a first baseman yeah. to try in the outfield because I'm did. just not getting it done. Uh, two but, first basemen. but you're right. Uh, Darren, I mean, he's made an impact in a very small edition with the club. Uh, his, his, I, I was surprised when I was doing this uh, latest, haven't published it yet, latest, value survey and just running down everybody's war. And I know very small sample size. So that's almost mm-hmm. like uh, a Jimmy numbers. But if you, if you combine his fan graphs and, and baseball reference, uh, he's a, a, a 0.2 war for like playing like a sneeze. And, you know, so, I mean, that's not a lot, but I mean, for, for the amount of impact he could have had, that's not bad. He's showing well in a way he hasn't really probably since like a spring training, like 2019 or something. So, I mean, that is a positive trend, even though uh, it may be too late. Okay. We're talking about, you mentioned Eloy and Luis Roberts. So I got to ask, even though we didn't talk about this, uh, Eloy has like 48 errors already since he's been in left field playing in the different levels. Does this, 
in, discourage the White Sox from putting him in left field when he does get called up uh, to the White Sox, or are they just not going to have a choice but to play him some in the outfield? Yeah, I I still think they're, he's going to be a DH when he comes up because I think he's going to be in Chicago before Yasmani Grandal is. Maybe that's just a good way to get him out there, have him DH for however many weeks until Grandal comes back. Um, if Grandal can't catch when he comes back, which is what I'm assuming, um, and then have him just kind of work on the side uh, between games, just try to learn, I guess is the right word, how to play off field. Yeah. But he's just one when, when it comes down to his bat and you have to have it in the lineup somewhere. And if it has to be in the field, then it has to. Uh, but Andrew Vaughn's fine out there. So he's not really pushing anybody out of their spot. It's just, mm-hmm. His bat's really good. You just have it adapted in there. And you have to look at Eloy now as like, under these weird circumstances, I, it, it can't go on into, say, next season. But for these weird circumstances, he's like a, he's like a platoon in-game every game. Pretty much fifth, sixth, seventh inning, you're probably taking him out of the game mm-hmm. for a defensive replacement. So like Billy Hamilton's going to just be like his study buddy all year or, I don't, or, or Goodwin or whoever it ends up being pretty much, he can't be offended at that. And the white Sox are going to just maybe have to sacrifice the big hit late with him not mm-hmm. in the game because they can't afford to have him a kill himself, B lose a game because of what, you know, fill in the blank, whatever it's going yeah. to be something. Yeah. And Larusa already does do that. It's just he's taken out like Gavin Sheets and Brian Goodwin to put in Billy Hamilton, which we're totally okay with because mm-hmm. even though Sheets has done pretty well along with Goodwin, they're not Eloy Jimenez. So it'll yeah. just be weird when he's going to do that. But I mean, he should. If they have a two run lead, seven, eight, nine left, you'd much rather keep the lead than roll the dice and see if Eloy uh, <laughs> like gives it away in the field. And if it was just him giving it away in the field, okay, that's bad enough. But the fact that he can give it away and take himself out for this season, which now we've seen yeah, he's capable of doing like times. every season. Uh, yeah. All right, let's uh, shift to double-A, probably a little quicker stop here, because we're going to just talk again about Romy Gonzalez. We've talked about him several times. I think right off the bat, he made an impact in the season. He's a bit of a little up and down. Uh, you're pointing out that he's had, a, I guess you could say, a high luck rate uh, with his Babbitt. But, I mean, he's just a guy who's still young in his career, uh, and and what he's taken on a challenge with a position change and his power uh, that has to be raising some eyebrows with the White Sox and whether he was he's even on any kind of real radar now he's still I mean, he's got himself in more of a picture than he was. Yeah, he's got an ISO over 200, which is fantastic, uh, especially for uh, I guess he's kind of a middle infielder at this point, though he can kind of go wherever he needs to. Um, I was just pointing out that since, cause he's going, he's hitting the ball really well lately. Uh, but he's just doing that at the same time as he's not really walking. And for a guy that, uh, is going to have a 330, 340 Babbitt, it's always nice to have a, have him near 10% walk rate. I mean, it'd be great if it was more, but it got to be realistic with some of these guys. Um, and for the season, it's looking good. 10% it's just been half that during this stretch. Um, which is why it's kind of like, eh. but um, if you just look deeper in the stats, like his BABIP was usually around the 330s, high 320s uh, for his professional career. And it was a bit low heading into the stretch. So he's just kind of, kind of correcting itself, you know, go math, correcting itself in the season. Mm. <laughs> um, so that's just, I mean, he's having a great season. He's, He's only been in rookie ball in low A, and he's having his best off- offensive season in Birmingham in double A. 
So he's been great. That's impressive. And that's the kind of stuff that's going to get you attention, not just from, it's going to get your attention on all fronts because you no no few prospects are expected to, to want, as they're getting better, better food, going up the chain yeah. to have a heavier appetite. And I mean, as you're saying, his best season so far is at his highest level. That mm-hmm. makes you go, okay, this guy, he might be legit. Yeah. And he is, uh, well, I should preface this with there are new rules uh, in regards to brace running at each level. Um, I'm, I'm sh- I don't really remember which one double A is. There's literally a different rule at each yeah. level. Um, but he's 15 stolen bases out of 19 tries, which is pretty good. Um, doesn't have a triple yet, but he's just hitting more homers. So maybe that's just what's happening there. <laughs> um, but yeah. he's just, it, it, for a while, it was always double A would ruin you. Uh, especially with the White Sox. And he's just from a not really heralded prospect to like an 18th round pick to actually doing really, really well is really refreshing. Yeah. To be in the picture. I mean, that, that, when you're an 18th round pick, that's probably all you ever want. You just want to get into the picture. He's in the picture. Yeah. yeah uh, okay. Picture. A guy who uh, I guess maybe just coming in uh, way back in the DSL days was always in the picture because he was a little bit of a bonus baby and so forth, but it was always played older than his, uh, older than his level. Finally, I believe we're almost pretty much at the proper level for Gilbert Sanchez, who I believe has just been promoted to Birmingham, which who knows could result in somebody else getting pushed up uh, to Charlotte. But uh, he's a guy who's just been not only continuing to field well, which has been his calling card uh, and have a, maybe a little bit of speed or at least maybe be a smart player, but he's actually hitting some, no, I don't think power, but I mean, he, he's putting bad on the ball. Um, is what what is his what do you project him as is this going to be a guy who can is the best he can scratch me and say uh, a, a bench infielder is he uh, what, what we would have thought for maybe an eduardo escobar type of player who you know of course ended up uh, kicking that coverage but is that what we're looking at for him or is there more he can do mm-hmm. yeah i think yeah a bench utility middle infielder is probably what he is going to be um, if he does make the majors, he, I mean, again, he's mm-hmm. just getting into double A and, uh, though his, he was hitting well in, uh, with the, with Winston Salem, um, there was a noticeable drop, uh, compared to his rookie ball stats, uh, which usually isn't a fantastic occurrence. Uh, but as I noted in the weekly update, he has a, this really odd circumstance of coming from Cuba, not playing a ton in Cuba, having to deal with coming from Cuba and all those stuff that goes along with immigration and all that to then uh, playing a bit in uh, 2019 stateside rookie ball and then no season. And now he's back playing in probably the best competition ever he's ever had. He's just, he's just been through a lot these past three years. So I don't want to, cause uh, MLB pipeline did note that he came in a bit overweight. Um, so I don't want to be like, Oh, well, uh, this season's a wash because of that, because he's been through a ton. But I really do want to see him actually with uh, more age-appropriate players. Double uh, A should be the first with that, because um, he'll be the same age as Rami Gonzalez. Uh, he's nowhere near the power, but bat to ball has got to be there. Um, I wish he would cut down on his strikeouts a bit more. They're creeping up a little too high for a guy that's supposed to be really good with bat to ball. Um, but we'll, yeah, projection-wise backup middle infielder um, and then just kind of hope for the best after that. And not to disagree of Romy, but I mean, it is still encouraging that maybe in, in what you're pointing out is it's some of his first consistent play, like close to ever uh, yeah. his offensive game is coming together or it's improving. 
I mean, that's yeah. the trend you want to see. You don't want to see them, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, flush out at, at, at high A. So uh, I guess there, yeah, there's some encouragement there. Maybe a guy like that who has been through what he's been through and is finally now seeing consist- some consistent time and maybe is in maybe a little bit better shape. Um, yeah, maybe there is a more ceiling, you know, than we might anticipate right now. Yeah, it's uh, just he's got a long road ahead uh, for yeah. a 24-year-old. Um, yeah. So maybe we look at him coming up 26, 27. Uh, just kind of once he finally gets used to it, but um, eventually he'll be a guy that you just see in the South side, like Luis Gonzalez will be up every now and then. And then he just has to prove that he deserves to be there, to stay there. One day, Danny, Danny Menick will move on and there's gotta be a, a new Danny yeah. Mendick. So, well, you know, well, first Leary Garcia has to move on. Oh, that's true. <laughs> never he's been there forever. <laughs> he's just going to become a coach. You'll be like, Hey, wait, he's coaching third now. All right. I yeah. thought he was playing, I guess maybe just in case they need yeah. to activate him. Uh, all right. Things are going to get more interesting. Uh, though you wouldn't think so because we're getting into guys you might not necessarily know about as well. We're going to get into some of the more, um, uh, maybe the more obscure levels, and we're going to get into maybe a little bit of controversy before this podcast is done. We're going to take a quick break, though, so pause just a second. We'll be right back after a commercial message. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And we're back. Brett Valentini here hosting Southside Sox on the Farm, podcast number 10, with my buddy Darren Black, does essentially... We're going to say probably 87% of the updates, but I'm going to just round that up to 100. Does 100% of all our updating work uh, tireless. Appreciate you taking time out from another busy night. For you, Darren, uh, d- pulling yourself away from six different screens at once. Uh, don't probably have to pay attention to the White Sox. They seem to be in the process of not having their best yeah. uh, night out there. But um, we are now at the uh, low A level. And my question just simply is because Jose Rodriguez, has basically been our MVP 130% of the time this year. Uh, he's hitting the heck out of the ball. He ba- he's basically doing everything except field, which is sort of major, but okay. It's a level where, all right, let him figure it out. Uh, I guess my question is, and giving you an excuse to talk, however you do want to talk about Jose, things that you've probably said many times before. Uh, is this a guy who has a chance of being promoted this year? Is it important for him to be promoted? Is it dangerous for him to be promoted um, and is he the, is he the guy to be promoted out of the cannonballers? Cause the cannonballers are mostly disappointing. Uh, yeah. So if t- taking out guys like Luis Maeses and Harvin Mendoza who are demoted. Um, so if they're going back, I wouldn't really count that as a promotion. Yeah. Um, he definitely is the one that deserves it the most. He has done well all year long. Even when he's had a slump, he just, kind of like hits 260 and gets singles, which isn't fantastic. But if you're hitting 260 and getting singles and that's your slump, that's a pretty good slump. (laughs) Uh, But he, uh, obviously the defense is a problem right now, but he's also 20. So (laughs) he's got a lot to learn just in general. Um, But if, if it does sound like Gilbert Sanchez is getting called up. If there is any middle infielder from Canapolis that should get called up, it should be him. Uh, you can make an argument for Brian Ramos, but he is 19. 
I would much rather, though 1920 doesn't sound like a huge age difference, Jose Rodriguez, it, it still is like meaningful. Mm-hmm. And Rodriguez does have more games played and things like that. Um, so I hope he gets a chance. Um, I don't know why um, it would ruin him. Uh, obviously, he could go up and just kind of just be really bad, but he has to go up eventually. So if he's yeah. going to be really bad, then maybe take all those mistakes and then just kind of learn in the offseason. Yeah. Um, like a lot of other Sox players uh, in higher levels, like Mike Rodolfo has kind of taken. Um, but if, if anybody, even in, on the pitching side, if anybody in Kannapolis gets promoted or deserves one, it's Jose Rodriguez. Yeah. And not to completely undercut the credibility of Darren Black, who just gave us a fantastic answer about Jose Rodriguez, <laughs> but a sneak preview here, I believe as soon as tomorrow, which would publish perhaps Wednesday, I think I'm finally going to get, not Venus Victor, but I think I'm finally going to talk to Dan Victor for a podcast. And what I'm really interested in, among many different things, because Dan is writing a, a, a draft uh, um, overview piece. He's written a really cool piece about building like the perfect pitcher. Some really good stuff from him this week. But one thing I'm really interested to pick his brain about, because he's our guy in Kannapolis. He's like Mr. Kannapolis. Uh, I'm really interested. I mean, because we can see his video and we can hear the crack of the bat from Jose Rodriguez and, and, you know, okay. And we have a sense. Uh, Darren can look at the stats. We get a sense of how great this guy is. He's like my favorite prospect. So I love him. And I don't know, any, I don't know how to figure out anything, but I just like him. Uh, I'm interested in knowing and picking Dan's brain about, you know, the, the makeup he's sensing ab- about Jose, what he sees him doing, you know, in, in warming up and prepping. Uh, again, still a very early age. You're not going to draw any sort of conclusions. Um, yeah. You're not going to print the book and, and send it out on him yet. Uh, but that said, I, you know, I want to know a little bit more because this guy seems to be, you know, in, in theory, maybe the most exciting prospect in the system, yeah. uh, as crazy as that might be to say. So that'll be a fun thing to look forward to if it comes through. Maybe I'll be talking to Venus tomorrow. I don't know. You know, and, and maybe she'll <laughs> yeah. have some insights. I, I'm not sure. It'll be a surprise. Yes, it, it would definitely be a surprise. It's been a surprise so far. Okay. Sort of a parallel discussion with Kannapolis. I guess we even say Kannapolis and Arizona. And that is sort of this triumvirate of, of, of great young arms, sort of the next wave of arms. Drew Dahlquist, Matthew Thompson, Jared Kelly, uh, a, a year later in drafting, but all sort of bunched together. None of them having inspiring seasons. And I, of course, we don't overreact to that, but you'd rather see inspiring seasons than ones that are not. Um, what is your take on these guys? Uh, should we be disappointed? Uh, I'm going to say concerned. I, we shouldn't necessarily be concerned. I can guess that. But uh, where's your comfort level with these guys? And of any of those three, is one, are you, are you more okay with, uh, you know, than the other two? Um, so I don't, I don't, I wouldn't categorize anything as uh, we should be worried that they might be just horrendous. Um, none of them have done fairly well. Like Andrew Dahlquist was doing well for a time. Um, and he's also been the one that's been most consistently pitching. Uh, but he and like a bunch of other pitchers in Kannapolis and Winston-Salem just have really bad control issues. Uh, I, I would like to assume that it's because they didn't really play in 2020, but I also don't want to like we're now in July. If there was a problem, they should have kind of, they should have been sent down to fix that. Mm-hmm. Um, and none of them were sent down unless they had to do a rehab assignment. Uh, like Matthew Thompson just came back from his rehab assignment. 
maybe if, if he does well for the next month plus, then that'd be fantastic. Mm -hmm. Then that means he figured something out. Um, and Jared Kelly just come back, came back. Uh, he had a couple nice outings or, or a, a nice outing. He just allowed one run in two innings. Um, but I, none of them you should be happy about. You should be disappointed in all three of them. Um, I would not be worried unless they were really bad coming out of the gate next season. Cause I'm guessing they'll all be back in Kannapolis because if they can't do well in Kannapolis, they shouldn't go up to Winston-Salem obviously. Um, and they still are young enough that that doesn't really uh, like matter in terms of age progression, uh, especially for Jared Kelly's case coming from pitching in high school and then going to Kannapolis and pitching, uh, which is a huge jump. Uh, but hopefully they get it right. Uh, report said Kelly's fastball was still high 90s in his rehab assignment, which is fantastic. That's what you want. Um, that's why I'm not worried or anything because it's not like his <laughs> like pitches fell to 93 miles an hour uh, or anything like that, like an Alec Hansen kind of situation mm -hmm. where it just kind of was a whole new pitcher. Um, but hopefully they get it right <laughs> going into yeah. next next year. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. Okay, Darren, uh, some real talk here. They pay me the big bucks to ask these questions. All right, so some straight talk, um, especially at this level when we're talking about low A to back to camel pack. They call them rehab assignments. And I know there's no, this isn't like hockey. It's not like you guys got a concussion. They can't, you know, they're not, they don't have to say anything. I mean, are some of these just, hey, let's give these guys a break. They're going to be probably on innings limit anyway. Let's give them a breather. Let's let them skip a turn. We'll call it a rehab. We'll give them a little blow at a little bit lower level. Just allow themselves to get their legs under. Or am I just too cynical for my own good? Because, you know, I would be worried. Okay, well, great. Then that means two of our guys have been injured. Well, I'm not sure that that's the case either. And this isn't, this isn't disparaging toward the White Sox. This is just saying, all right, because sometimes it's just like, all right, let's, let's reset you in Arizona and then get you back a little confidence. Yeah. I think it's uh, a little bit of both. Um, probably. So Thompson's already up. I think when mini camp breaks for the draft picks, uh, Jared Kelly will mm -hmm. magically be done with his rehab assignment <laughs> <Okay>. probably. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, all right. or maybe it will be closely related to there or something yeah. uh because uh that's just kind of how that goes uh but i it's just weird because he, they probably they probably would have also rehabbed back in 2019 in great falls just to kind of mm -hmm. get a feel for uh you know not staying in the arizona complex league and going on a more or less more relatable minor league kind of track, I guess, mm -hmm. in Montana. <laughs> <laughs> Going to the one sandwich shop in Montana. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to dine. Uh, there's probably a bit more to do in Camelback. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, I mean, there's better facilities in uh, the Arizona Complex League, obviously. That's where they play spring training. So that's just kind of how it goes there fewer teams obviously not as many spots to pitch uh you're in a weird situation where every single pitcher should be on an innings limit even if they are a bit older they still probably are because they didn't pitch at all last season i mean we're seeing that with michael kopech right now hmm. they're really only using him one inning at a time um, and he's making it like only 12 15 pitches at a time because of how good he's doing right now but hmm. it's just wacky season it was what it comes down to. 
I'm I'm bailing on what I said our next question is going to be because I don't really care that much yet. But um, <laughs> <laughs> let's. <laughs> I like undermining my own agenda on the fly. Uh, okay. How many of these guys, we really need a sleeper agent at Camelback. We need like a vendor. We need Sean Williams to <laughs> yeah. somehow crash the thing, like work the consent, work, work the, mm-hmm. the gift store or something. Because there's like a block of guys who we just have never heard anything else about. I mean, the guy was, who's in my head the other day, because he's like, was the two-way player from, from last year's very memorable, very short and very excitingly named draft, Addison Coffee. Like, we've heard nothing about him. I assume he's maybe at, if he hasn't retired, I assume he's at Camelback. He's just like working out. But we don't hear anything about these guys. And of course, the White Sox or any team are obligated to give us like daily pat on the head, you know, pat on the back, reassuring, you know, updates about all these guys. But it'd be like, be good to know like they're alive. Um, and they haven't, you know, some of these guys, some of these guys, they're like trickling in and then, you know, oh, hey, look, he got into a game in Arizona. Oh, that's right. I remember that guy's in the system. Uh, are there guys out there or like anybody you're wondering about? Uh, well, I, he's not really unknown, but I, Bryce Bush, like I, I yeah. he, he was hurt. And then this it, fan graphs might've just, it might've been a mistake or something, but he randomly says on the game log that he played in the ACL on July 2nd. And I just totally missed that because he didn't record any stats or anything. Uh, yeah. But, and then he, and then I checked their roster and he, it doesn't list rehab assignments. So he's not, he was demoted to there, but he's just not playing. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what's going on with him. Um, or really anybody in the Arizona <laughs> complex league, even if they are playing. Uh, Cause you really like how I said, Jared Kelly is nineties fastball is pretty high. That's usually when you only hear about those guys it's right. when they're the top five prospects going through the system or once, you know, you have the draft picks like the top five round draft picks or top five uh, signing bonus, signing bonus draft picks coming through there. That's when more people go bring their speed guns, kind of mm-hmm. just kind of hang out and watch baseball. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm just, I just looked up Addison coffee right now and he was assigned to the ACL white Sox on June 26th. Um, just hanging. Know. He's enjoying the, the great spreads yeah. at Camelback, I guess. Yeah. He hasn't maybe checking out a little nightmare in a game. Yeah. I don't know. They said Addison. Just... Okay. On August 10th, your season starts. And you know, there could be some of that personality because they have one team. Yeah. I know it's been a running joke that the White Sox have more than one team, but on the other hand, the their complex league team is like four and twelve or whatever. Maybe they don't need multiple teams because yeah. they're one team there yeah. and can't and win. It's, and it's not like because I'm sure people in Great Falls are pretty bummed that they don't have an affiliated team anymore. And I'm not saying if they only had the Great Falls team mm-hmm. there, but they could they can have two ACL teams. Like other teams do that. Which <sighs> two DSL uh, maybe the, teams. Yeah, or two DSL teams. Well, I mean, this DSL this year is kind of there's not that great. So maybe not two DSL teams. That would be a, a really that second one would be pretty bad. Unless you're grabbing a guy from Oklahoma and saying, "Guess what? You're going yeah, to the you Dominican have to go to play in Dominican. No, Sorry. Which actually, but, to be to be fair, Dan, would actually only be fair that we take some of our domestic draftees, especially the guys who are getting yeah, that's true, messed around for like uh, oh well, hey, I don't want to introduce that type of quite yet, but uh, that sort of only would be fair, and, and actually, yeah, food for thought, White yeah. Sox, that tip was free, free tip, yeah. 
free tip. Of course, then you got to pay those guys room board. And then Dominican sports media will be like, well, why did these, none of these guys speak Spanish? What's wrong with you guys? How do you do interviews? Boom. It's so much. I can't, I'm just not going to do a zoom with Chase Krogman. He can't speak any Spanish. I don't have to talk through a guy interpreting for him. Oh, My monocle has dropped. Okay, let's get to a little <laughs> bit of controversy that spreads beyond the White Sox. Because the White Sox are guilty here, too. And we have called them out when there's reason for them to feel guilty. And let's face it, all pretty much all major league teams, I think a couple have distinguished themselves as trying to do all they can for their minor leaguers, which all they can is still very much an asterisk phrase. But just coming sort of across the wire as we're recording um, here tonight, we've got some stuff coming out about the A's squad sleeping like across like conference room chairs and like, I don't know, a hotel ballroom or something last night. And the fact that digging into some of their bills, which I'm sure are provided by the players, uh, it's, it's indicated that for longer homestands, guys this year now, I assume because of pandemic restrictions, there are no host families uh this season for for guys which off, mm-hmm. obviously defrays housing costs for these players in addition to helping a, particularly in the case of international players maybe assimilate a little bit uh differently or better um so because they have to stay in hotels for these longer homestands their charges just for the room i'm guessing they're not going minibar crazy just <laughs> their charges for the room shared rooms they're not they're not in suites shared rooms and i'm sure the hotels aren't good uh, are outpacing just say for like a long way. Well, these are six. These are six, so maybe a, maybe this is was a twelve game homestand. Let's say a back to back homestand for these guys. So they're twelve games, half a month. Their housing costs alone for the hotel are more than their monthly paycheck they're getting paid. At the same time, we're getting news of some signings. White Sox have some signings as well, uh, and none of them are egregious. But the new game is because there's no defined slots that say you have to pay a player this level for being 10th round or 15th round uh, teams are pretty much gaming the system to say, I'm going to throw all my money into three, four, five slots. The rest Mm -hmm. of the guys are just screwed. The Cubs we saw not to pick on the Cubs, their 10th rounder. We can. Well, believe me. (laughs) Okay. Let's pick on the Cubs, Darren. (laughs) Thank you. I do not need that much encouragement. Uh, Peter, Matt, I don't know who, what his name was. I'm sorry. Hit the 10th rounder. Apologies to you, Matt or Peter. Uh, got paid 5K. His bonus was 5K for a 143 round, uh, 133,000 slot bonus recommended, whatever, whatever, whatever those numbers mean, because they don't mean anything anymore. So basically the Cubs couldn't even give this guy their 10th rounder, who I'm sure is one of those guys who's screwed. He's, there's nowhere he can play. He's a fifth year, fourth year, whatever senior. He's got nowhere to play. Uh, can't even give him a, a five-figure bonus for signing and then beginning to lose all of his money and have his family like support him and have, uh, um, <laughs> have fundraising, have crowdfunding, allow these people to live. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a trend that seems like it's getting worse. I, I'm, I'm curious, I guess I've spoken enough. Uh, your observations of this, it's, it's it, both ends of these stories is just despicable. Yeah, well, I mean, this is, this is nothing new for baseball. Like baseball has, I mean, literally been doing things like this for a century and a half. Like the, I mean, players literally created another league in, in the federal league in the mid 19 teens to actually try to make some money until baseball told the government like, yeah, like we're a monopoly, please help us. 
and they did. Yeah. Um, and then obviously you have the reserve clause until that went away. And now the reserve clause has, has morphed into the seven is more than six service time game, mm -hmm. which obviously is better than having a yeah. lifetime contract with somebody, but it's still six, seven years of very um, slow progress, very slow progress. And, and I shouldn't even say that that's six, seven years of major league service time. You still have yeah. a few years in a minor league system where you're making so much less than what MLB ball players are making. Um, and even then there's still like certain times they're underpaid in the majors, even if they are making a million or $2, like they're still underpaid for what they are giving to the club. Um, and we see this with college. Now they're doing the NIL names, name and image and likeness. Still probably not where it should be, mm -hmm. but now college players have a bit more, or even high school players have a bit more of a choice, uh, but it's just, still it's baseball it's not football or basketball they're not going to be like the local Mazda dealership is looking for those baseball or, or basketball or football guys um and this I mean and we we'll talk about the Cubs again they gave their sixth rounder a one thousand dollar bonus oh my god that's third. right let's but, pick I on mean, the Cubs I mean, the Sox do this too yeah. uh with because I think they just signed their 10th rounder for ten thousand dollars um, and obviously $10,000 is a lot less than what they should be paid, but it's $9,000 more dollars yeah. than the sixth round guy that the Cubs just gave, which I know there's, it's all gaming the system. They're trying to sign the better players. Uh, but still like they, they, we went from 40 rounds to 20 rounds. We got rid of minor league baseball teams. Um, fans are packing the stands again, so they can't come make, make up that excuse. Uh, like people are watching the games all the time. Uh, it's just, I don't know how you can fix it. Like I'm not going to get into the mindset of 30 billionaire owners uh, and them wanting to keep all their money for themselves or whatever. Uh, but it's just, it's a frustrating kind of experience because like, you were just drafted in the sixth round, like mm -hmm. top 200 or whatever it is, maybe top 300. And then you're like, Here's a thousand dollars. Please mm -hmm. play for our advanced or for mm -hmm. the Arizona Complex League for a couple of years, mm -hmm. and then we'll cut you. Mm -hmm. Like that's kind of just what it comes down to. And like it's fantastic that there are twenty players picked, like more than any other draft. But it's still like so many of these guys are just there because they just need arms for the three guys that teams actually care about in the draft. It's just kind of an unfortunate circumstance and I don't understand why you know providing food or <laughs> like a decent place of living isn't a competitive advantage like you would think if you sleep eight hours you would you know be a better baseball player on a bed not like how the St. Louis Cardinals guys were sleeping in a like chairs in a hotel lobby um, which I don't know whose fault that was but if if that happened for the major league team, they wouldn't have said go sleep in the hotel chairs. Yeah. They would have found and, a different hotel. And this or isn't found just this else. isn't just a one. This is like a tornado blew through town. We've seen several stories. I mean, they haven't been endless stories. We've seen more than one. This isn't the only story we've seen this year about this. We've seen several times where where the reports are uh, there's no hotel for the teams. They've been told to figure it out themselves. Which means what? You sleep on a park bench? Figure yeah, it out yourselves. Think about the fact, Darren, that 
we had Eric Sim writing for us a couple of years ago, and he's mm-hmm. been a big advocate for, 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 for the miners. And he would tell stories about how he decided to, in his shared house, he decided to take a closet and, and that would be his bedroom. So he could pay half mm-hmm. the amount of other guys, which act, you know, is, is d- disgusting and pathetic, but also sort of clever. So kudos to him <laughs> for being clever or, 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 or calling dibs. On the closets. But think about this. I mean, as you were talking, I thought, okay, these guys also know if you're fourth, your senior, whatever, you also know that you're susceptible to this, right? And especially if you're like suddenly a six rounder, you're like, okay, hold on. I don't, nobody's telling me that, you know, you're going to be suspicious of, you know, you don't think mm-hmm. suddenly, oh, cool, I'm going to get a hundred thousand dollars. You know, none of yeah. this is, is Christmas morning. But the fact that it's, I mean, I don't remember what Sims uh, signing bonus was. I want to say it was like 20. K or something. Think about the fact that now that it was 10 years ago, maybe or so he got drafted. It's gotten for so many of these guys, yeah. it's gotten actually it's going backwards. And You've got guys now. I don't... There was at least 40 rounds too. Yeah. Like, like they were taking a lot more players in general. Yeah. I'm guessing even those, okay, granted, not all those guys got signed and Larry King's grandson didn't get signed or whatever, but even yeah. a 38th yeah. <laughs> rounder, I'm guessing there was still a minute. Maybe those guys, maybe in, in not probably every case got a thousand dollars. I don't, I don't know. And we'd have to look at all those numbers, but I'm guessing in general, this system is getting, these guys are getting chiseled worse than, how are you going, how are you going backwards from something that was so bad then? I mean, yeah, well, it's, so I am uh, basically 25. Uh, and so, hey, good. so like <laughs> when I, like when I'm thinking about this and I like, I'm thinking about, uh, like Andrew Dahlquist, who is five years younger than me. Mm-hmm. Like I, like I don't. If I was twenty, I'd just be like, "Oh, cool, mm-hmm. ten thousand dollars to play baseball." Mm-hmm. Obviously, Andrew Dahlquist got a right. lot more money than that. Right. But just these are how old these guys are. Like twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Um, some of them are closer to my age, but they're all coming out of college where they weren't making really any money, or right. literally not allowed to make money right. until like a month ago. Um, so it's just. It's a system that isn't set up for a lot of people to succeed. Um, it's people talk about this with soccer a lot or, uh, or even journalism in general, where you kind of have the, gotta have the means because then you go into, you know, these internships or whatever, or for soccer, you're paying tens of tens of thousands of dollars to play for these soccer clubs, like the <clears throat> Chicago fire or whatever. And it's just, it's just weird that it's all in sports because we all say, oh, it's a kid's game. But like, that's, I mean, that's some really great propaganda because there's the a lot of suffering. Are, <laughs> the people that are like not taking this, uh, Gavin Sheets just hit a walk off three on Homer. Cool. But, but <laughs> go Gavin. Nice. Um, but so like just bringing up Gavin, like he, he came from obviously Larry Sheets. So he didn't really have to worry about right. any of that stuff. He just worried about his game. Um, a lot of these guys don't have those means, especially the guys, because uh, we're not even bringing up the international signing guys who, oh. like, like are literally either talking to their parents or their guardian or whomever, whomever is in charge of them when they're 14, saying like, hey, when they when you get old enough, here's X amount of cash, mm-hmm. or like when you do the Tatis family, the White Sox are like, hey, well, X amount of cash for your two children. Mm-hmm. It's just. It's just an odd system for a multi-billion-dollar industry that's tax-exempt. It's it's odd. 
<laughs> that is a very generous word, and uh, I appreciate your uh, diplomacy. Although I will have to point out, Espionation, for those of you listening, Espionation, Darren Black brought up journalism. Okay, I'm just saying. He yeah. brought up journalism. I didn't. I mean, there's a, there's a bunch of that, but I just know that that because of the Chicago Tribune buying out, that's just mm-hmm. kind of been on my mind recently as a Chicago resident. It's just there's a ton of these industries like multi-billion dollar industries that don't really care about like making the products fine obviously the white Sox and the 29 other teams care about their major league baseball product but they only care in the extent that there are three to seven guys in a draft class or in plus an international signing class that they really care about and then again everybody else like when i say org pitchers or mm-hmm. org catchers like those are two of the kind of things that are most important They're, they'll keep going from single a to triple a yada 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 mm-hmm. um and that's great for them but they're the club doesn't really care about them they're yeah. like they're sending them from <laughs> single a to go against guys that pitched in the majors like that's not caring about your development yeah and there's just a lot of examples of not really caring about the development the good news uh darren is the have nots boat is really big it's it's growing it's way more fun but the problem the downside darren is the have nots boat is called the have nots boat so ultimately it's not really that fun and guess what we're all in it together the guys were writing about us hey you know it's it's a big party (laughs) hi jerry (laughs) hi rick (laughs) hey tony uh, okay, well, uh, one thing I want to add, uh, because we've been uh, um, uh, trying to give them a little bit of publicity, and it seems appropriate for the topic, uh, the, uh, the Twitter uh, handle and group uh, Adopt a Minor Leaguer uh, does try to raise funds. This is pathetic that this even has to be happening. I believe right now they're doing something where it's like buy burritos for the blight snappers or whatever. But, <laughs> you know, they basically pick teams, try to help guys out. And, you know, hand them over like, you know, uh, um, you know, burrito gift cards or whatever. And, and mm-hmm. believe it or not, as silly as it sounds, it makes a huge difference to these guys not having to scrape together money for one day or try to hope that Jared Kelly, the bonus baby, decides to pay for their dollar menu that night. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, these guys are they're literally scraping by. Uh, granted, they're choosing to play baseball for a profession, just like we're choosing to write about the White Sox for a profession. But um uh, it's a it's a good follow, and if you do, if you are lucky enough to be maybe in between the haves and the have-nots boats, you're like swimming from one to the other, swimming toward the haves. Hey, maybe you want to uh, throw a few bucks, uh, go to their website, and throw a few bucks at a minor leaguer because it is going to make a big difference. And those guys are doing great work and having some great success. And as silly mm-hmm. as it seems, it, it does make a big impact. Dan Victor, who we might be talking to tomorrow, I know he's done stuff like he he brings like a a tub of like sunflower seeds for the guys or like beef jerky and stuff. And again, it seems silly, but it's like those guys are jacked to get that because it's like this helps we don't otherwise maybe have all of this stuff yeah this stuff helps so uh, uh you or there'll be that like pers- your mean mercedes who goes to that the where he was interviewing on real sports and uh i mean it's great that they're that this organization or whatever was buying into his future but then it's <laughs> like you got to send us a bunch of money if you do well um yeah which, there's good and bad with that mm-hmm. um I don't think he's going to be making the amount that those guys are hoping that right. he makes, but 
but Fernando Tatis Jr. did. Yeah. <laughs> and so they It'll basically don't have to do anything with anybody ever again. Yeah. And they're going to be yeah. all right. So no, no worries about them. They're going to be fine. <laughs> they can, they can pick losers for the rest of time. And yep. I think they're going to be okay. Uh, but yeah, guys, it's, it's, it's tricky. It's ugly. And I certainly didn't mean necessarily for this topic to hijack our podcast otherwise, but it's important stuff and it's coming out uh, right on the heels of the draft. And we're starting to see some of the numbers and we're not seeing inspiring numbers. We're seeing teams continue to try to uh, game the system. Uh, and again, it's not, probably not even fair to say that they're gaming the system. There is no system. I mean, they have their guidelines and they're saying, well, no. And, and the White Sox can say, well, we pooled that money in so we could, um, uh, get our second rounder out of his college commitment. So our organization can be stronger. How much can you argue with that? Except it doesn't, it shouldn't be one or the other. It should be everybody getting something. If the 20th, 20th rounder just gets 20 grand. Okay. That's pretty nice. You know, you're not going to blow it mm-hmm. on a cup. Maybe the white Sox are saying, you know what, by, by, or the Cubs, the Cubs are definitely saying, we don't want to teach these guys irresponsible habits. We don't want to give them money to blow. So if they don't have the money, they won't blow it. You know, this is just their financial education. And Lord knows the rickets should be giving people. This is a different podcast, Aaron, but maybe we'll have one like very soon. Maybe we'll just start recording another one right after we finish. All right. Uh, Thanks, Darren. Uh, Great stuff as always. Uh, Thanks for an update on sort of the system and your takes on things. And of course your input for our sort of like bonus appendix topic, because it sort of flew up on our faces Mm -hmm. today and we're seeing, and I, I really hope, I think we've seen maybe about five signings for the White Sox. And obviously the, the, the top couple guys, we sort of know their numbers. Yeah, that's not going to be later. But there's like five or seven sort of in the balance. I really hope we don't see something embarrassing, like a $1,000 signing bonus yeah, for our 11th rounder because uh, White Sox will hear about that from us. They don't care, but they will mm-hmm. hear about it uh, from us. When Rick Hahn decided to put his foot in the mouth with the social media comments, we, we gave him some guff for it. Uh, when they haven't, spent the money we give them guff for it yeah praise them when they're doing great we're praising gavin sheets for being a hero tonight and earning a split against the dreaded Mm -hmm. hated mini twinkies uh but we're also going to hold them to the fire when it's appropriate so i hope the white Sox do the do right by the guys they've chosen to put their faith in this is the future of the team put something into these guys darren black as a as a 25 year old gets right behind it on the yeah. half knots boat. <laughs> it's a nice boat. There in the, you know, there's some yeah, nice recliners. Yeah. There's great entertainment. Recliners. There's really, really yeah. good company. But unfortunately, yeah, it's also a little hot. <laughs> there's not a lot of food to go around. <laughs> no, no water. <laughs> Get thrown on, on that uh, coronavirus tape. injured list like with a snap just when we sneeze. Uh, it's, yeah. it's rough. It's rough. Well, okay. From the have nots boat, I'm Brett Valentini talking with Darren Black. Thanks, Darren, once again. And uh, hey, maybe we'll do it again in a week. Huh? Yep, I'll be here. <laughs> All right. Uh, maybe finally, one day when you finally get to that halves boat, you're going to get that cannonballish cap. I know it's coming. Yeah. I know it's coming. I'm I'll waiting because again. I need that team to do better. <laughs> as soon as they win their 20th game, I'll get it. Okay, there's a trigger. Okay, uh, well, they're, they're 0 for 6. Yeah, it's Maybe been, tomorrow I night. thought it was coming soon, but uh, it might not like It's just being held at the P.O. box. Yeah, it's just two guys are doing well, and then everyone else is like, hey, Cannon, Cannonballers, we're most connected to you. We, you know we love you, so we, we you know, we're, we're trying to laugh with you. And hey, listen, they're, they're 
I think their team's pretty good about it. They, they realize that, uh, you know, their management is pretty good about it. They have some perspective about the fact that they're mm-hmm. having some unprecedented weird streak. And, you know, yeah. uh, again, I, I think somebody on our staff, it might have been Darren Black, I don't know, I think it was Darren, said they're going to be second half <laughs> champs. So I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, all right. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> reading sometimes even watching uh we'll be doing this again probably in a week and we'll probably have some podcasts between now and then uh, for you to check out as well thanks always for uh, reading and listening uh we'll be back with you on the farm about a week's time